Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds Are Wild podcast series as part of Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Tom Barber, and I'm an extension weed scientist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today, I'm going to focus on a topic that seems to be pretty popular every year, uh, which is residual herbicide discussion and, and to try to answer some of the key questions about, you know, the amount of rainfall needed for activation and how long these residual herbicides will actually sit uh, and wait for a rainfall and how active will they be uh, after sitting for a while and waiting on that rain. But first I wanna announce that as of today, uh, May 11th, Arkansas has an approved section 18 emergency exemption label for the use of brake herbicide applications in peanut. Uh, And there's a blog post up on our Arkansas row crops blog discussing, discussing some of the specifics uh, for this section 18 and how we need to use this on, on some of our peanut acres uh, in Arkansas uh, for growers that are interested. So just quickly, some of the key points from this section 18 break label. Uh, again, these are, this section 18 is targeted acres uh, where we have the multiple resistant Palmer amaranth or Palmer pigweed, specifically PPO resistant populations of Palmer amaranth is where we need to focus uh, applications of this uh, section 18 use for brake herbicide. So the rate that we're gonna be looking at with brake in this situation is uh, a range of 12 to 16 ounces. It's not that big of a rate range. Personally, you know, we've only looked at this two years, but personally, I would look at that lower rate on some of our really sandy soils uh, in Northeast Arkansas where we're growing some of these peanuts, maybe the 12 ounce right there, if it's more of a sandy loam, then I might extend it to 16 ounces. And again, that's not a big difference in rate, but we have seen some injury and and I go into a little depth of that injury uh, on the blog post. So this is gonna go out pre-plant or at planting or within 38 hours uh, following planting, according to the label. Uh, As we recommend breaking cotton, breaking peanuts is gonna work better if we mix it with another residual herbicide that gets activated a little easier. So uh, Valor at two ounces, uh, plus break at 12 to 16 ounces looks really good as a system up front uh, in peanut acres. Now we have gone up as high as 16 ounces of break with three ounces of Valor. And again, uh, that has looked well for us on those sandy loam soils. We do see some injury following that 16 ounce rate. And generally it's less than 15%, uh, but it is possible to get more injury than that. And if we're gonna, if we overlap in the field anywhere to double that rate, or if we overlap it on the ends and, and more or less double the rate on the ends, we're gonna get some severe injury with break. So we need to be careful when making these applications. I would not overlap anywhere in the field. It's gonna, again, extend the amount of stunning and bleaching uh, with break on peanuts if, if we do that. So. Be careful with the application, 16 ounce max rate, don't overlap. Also, according to the label, if if we've made applications of breaking cotton in the past, or let's just say last year, you made an application of breaking cotton, rotated to peanuts this year and want to use it again, that's fine. But then the next year, we need to use another herbicide in our cotton crop other than break. And so uh, you get two years in a row and then need to rotate to something else if we're using break on the acre. 
Also, if you're not familiar with brake as a herbicide and you use it the first time in your peanut crop, uh, if you fail a stand after applying brake herbicide, then you have to replant to either peanuts or cotton because it's going to be way too active on any corn or soybean uh, or other crop that you plant in on that acre uh, it, within that year. So again, if, if you have to fail a stand for whatever reason, come back and, and you're going to either have to plant peanuts or cotton on the acre. Uh, again, to me, best fit areas where we have pigweed issues, 12 to 16 ounces, depending on your soil type there, the lighter sands, I'd go, you know, probably on the 12 inch, the 12 ounce rate, plus two to three ounces of Valor. I think that's probably the best program at this time. We've looked at that multiple years and, and you know, time in and time out, that's pretty good. Uh, again, more info regarding the break label can be found on our blog, ArkansasRowCrops.com. If you just search for that, or the actual website, I think is uh, ArkansasCrops.uada.edu. So if you want to look there. Another topic that's uh, uh, most of you have heard about, I'm sure by now, uh, that has also got a write-up on the blog that Dr. Tommy Butts put together is about the new dicamba rules for Arkansas. And so if you're not familiar, uh, within the last week, the uh, plant board met and uh, extended the window for dicamba applications in Arkansas, specifically uh, in extend or extend flex crops out to June 30th. So from May 25th uh, was the old cutoff date. Now June 30th uh, is the new cutoff date. There are buffers uh, that continue uh, to apply. And so, you know, to know the buffers, if you're not, if you haven't followed it or haven't heard, uh, again, there's an article on our blog discussing buffers uh, and our recommendations uh, with this new rule in place, uh, what we recommend. Uh, from a weed control standpoint. So check that out while you're looking at the blog uh, as well. All right, so I'm gonna move into what I plan to talk about today. And it seems a little funny or silly or ironic or something to cover this topic as rain is uh, beating down on our shop right now. Uh, but every year we do get a lot of questions about residual herbicides. And if it doesn't rain immediately or with the first couple or three days after planting, you know, what now? Is, is it gonna be active? Uh, how active will it be if I get a rain? How long will these residuals sit there and wait for a rain, uh, et cetera? And then again, if I get the rain and have some weeds emerge, do these residuals have any reach back to control those weeds that actually uh, came up in the meantime? And so the answer to all of this is real simple, and that's it depends. And so in general, this is a real easy <laughs> paintbrush to use for all of our residual herbicides, but in general, a half inch uh, will cover most of them. But if we go up to an inch, a half between a half inch and an inch of rain will activate every herbicide that we have. But, uh, you know, we can break it down a little further than that. And uh, the other thing that plays a role in this is also temperature. And so, you know, getting back to, to how much rain some chemistry doesn't require much at all. So if we look at, at these extent crops, you know, we've been talking the last couple of years or longer that uh, dicamba is a very effective at planting herbicide because it's active without rainfall. And so if we pair it with cotteran in, in cotton or something like just for example, boundary or something in beans, um, it will be active 
until we get the rain to activate the other pre that we pair with it. And so it, it, it pairs together good with our other residual herbicides, but uh, it kind of works backwards than our others in that it's active until we get the rain. And then once we get the rain, the activity from dicamba uh, starts to decrease. And, and this is very similar with, with uh, Enlist 1 herbicide or other 2,4-D containing uh, herbicides as well. So there's some chemistry out there that doesn't require rain for activation, but, but most of our residuals do. Um, so let's talk about some of these. So we move into groups like the PPOs. So if I'd say, you know, the next group that doesn't require as much rainfall, this would be most of our PPOs. So herbicide like Valor, Sharpen, Reflex. Uh, we did some work, Dr. Norsworthy did some work probably almost 10 years ago now, looking at uh, various cotton herbicides and the amount of rainfall required. And these were actually required less than, than some of our others. So a quarter of an inch of rain, as it turns out, usually is enough to activate Valor, our PPOs, Valor, Sharpen, Reflex, et cetera. I'd also list uh, Cotteran that we use in cotton in this group. And also based on the label and some of the work we've done, I might loop metribuzin in this that we use in beans as well. So, you know, at least a quarter or three tenths inches of rain uh, should activate those products that we use. They're common products that we use quite often. And so, but most of our residuals by a whole is going to fall into that half inch window of rainfall needed for activation. And so, or that half inch amount. And so these are products like Dual, Dual Magnum, Metolachlors in general, uh, Zidua's, uh, Acetochlor or Warrant, Direx, Caparol, you know, many others uh, that we commonly use are going to fall in this half inch of rainfall needed for activation. And this is, again, we've seen this in some of our research data and, th and then also uh, this is on their label. And so the product labels. And so if there's any one herbicide in this group 15 uh, chemistry that probably requires a little less than that, in my opinion, it's Outlook. And again, just based on recent data uh, conducted across Arkansas, it seems to be a little more active with less rainfall than some of the other group 15s. And so again, I think a lot of growers uh, have looked at Outlook a little bit the recent years because it does have more activity on some of our metolachlor uh, tolerant or resistant populations of pigweed uh, than metolachlor, but it also can be a little more active with a little less uh, rainfall. But again, we're going to need at least a quarter to three tenths uh, to get it activated. Now, some require a lot more rainfall. Some, some of our residuals, uh, we've already talked about one this morning, and that's break. And so break is going to require anywhere from a half to three quarters of an inch of rain for the best activity. Uh, others that fall in this group based on uh, what's listed on their label, league uh, is an example uh, that we use sometimes in rice and then also our yellow herbicides. So prowl and treflin, if we're gonna use a rainfall or overhead irrigation to activate those, uh, our yellow herbicides like prowl and treflin are we're gonna require uh, much more rainfall to do that. And so, uh, you know, we also know that those yellows are, are the ones that if we really want good activation from, we probably need to incorporate. And so, you know, the next question is, and I can't touch on every herbicide here, but, uh, you know, those are some key ones that, uh, that I get questions about. 
So the next question is, well, if I don't get rainfall right away, how long will they sit on the soil and still be active or, you know, while we wait on a rain? And, and the answer I thought as after digging through some research and, and looking uh, to answer this question, you know, from label standpoint, from reset standpoint is really most of them will sit there 14 to 21 days. Now, the problem is, although they will sit there and still be active once that rainfall occurs, we will have a major weed issue in that 14 to 21 day window while we wait for activation. So, you know, while the weeds are up, it doesn't look like there's going to be any activation uh, from that point forward. But, but they actually are still somewhat active. You know, in general, personally, I'd like to get activation within seven to 10 days, no longer than 14 days. You know, ideally, two to five days uh, where we get activation. But these, the, most of these will sit uh, on the soil and remain, remain there waiting for activation uh, for longer than you might think. But uh, a lot of that's dependent on temperature. So in the spring months, you know, when it's cooler, uh, less microbial activity in the soil, they will probably sit there a little longer than if we're talking about June and July. Uh, the other side of this is photo degradation. So herbicides like Treflin and Prowl, especially any yellow herbicide, very sensitive to breakdown through sunlight. And so, you know, those need to be incorporated uh, rainfall or through uh, tillage within 48 hours of that, of uh, application for the best activity. And again, this is a, due to the, the amount that's degraded by the, by sunlight or, or through photo degradation. Um, so, you know, the big problem with all of this is, you know, we never know when it's going to rain or how much it's going to rain. And so, uh, the more rainfall we get can actually flush some of these uh, out of the area that we need them uh, for activity. But if we don't get enough, then some of them may not be active. So, so you know, we play a, play a game. Uh, it's not really a game, but uh, roll the dice, I guess, would be a better way to put it, that we're going to get the amount of rainfall we need uh, to activate these residuals. And that, you know, that's one reason why it's hard to just rely on residuals, especially for barnyard grass control in rice or pigweed control in cotton and soybean, just because we don't know how much rain we're going to get. We don't know how much germination we're going to get in between uh, activation. And so that spurs the next question. Well, how much reach back am I going to have for some of these herbicides? And unfortunately, that's not, you know, just through personal observation, I guess I can answer this, but uh, again, it's going to depend on which herbicide we're talking about. A lot of our group 15, such as Warrant, Dual, Zidua, Outlook are going to have very little, if any, reach back on pigweed. Now, I've seen Zidua have some activity or reach back on ryegrass when we use it in, in wheat, but uh, in general, I don't plan on reach back with any of those on broadleaf weeds, especially pigweed. Uh, one of the main ones we get questions about all the time is command uh, on grasses and rice because it will actually bleach the grass. And so you'll see the bleaching of the little grass coming up and you'll think, man, I'm going to control that. And, you know, I'll just say sometimes we get lucky and I'd rather be lucky than good because I think sometimes we, we get it nine times or eight times out of 10. I'd say that that grass may be stunted. It may be bleached, but eventually it's going to come back. And we're going to be required to make a post application uh, to control that grass uh, in rice. And so, 
you know, PPO herbicides, we've seen this on our crop, uh, can have splashing injury to both crop and weeds. And so if the weed's small enough, when we get a heavy rain, could we splash enough herbicide to, to get control of some weeds? I'm sure that's possible. Uh, I don't like to bank or depend on that, but uh, it is possible to get reached back, I guess, looking at it from that standpoint. And then the other one we've already talked about today again was break. And I've seen break be applied, not get enough rain for activation. And then uh, morning glories or something come up. It's very active on morning glories. Leach it'll bleach them out real easy. And uh, we get that rainfall and then it begins to bleach the morning glories out. Some of our photosynthetics such as diuron or, di uh, diuron or cotteran can also do that. And, and not as much as bleaching, but uh, give you that photosynthetic activity on weeds after they're up. And so we don't like to rely uh, and I would never recommend somebody just relying on that reach back activity. I think sometimes we get lucky in it and it works in our favor. Uh, but we need to plan on our post-emergence application controlling any of those weeds that come up, regardless of the crop, in between when we spray that residual and when we get activation. Um, so, and, and again, all of these situations can vary uh, based on how active the herbicide is in the soil. And, how, and the affinity, excuse me, affinity of the herbicide to bind to the soil. And so uh, sandier soil, these herbicides, some of them may be more active. Soil pH uh, can cause some of them to be more active and the moisture present uh, throughout. Uh, for example, the Cotteran label for cotton says that it's active basically if there's enough moisture in the soil uh, to get the cotton seed to germinate. And, uh, you know, that's one reason we like to pair it with, with break or caparol uh, is that caparol requires a little more rainfall. Break requires more rainfall than cotteran to get activated. And so uh, pairing two products together like that can really uh, help spread our risk from a residual standpoint at the beginning of a, of a growing season. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we like to plan the best we can and our residuals, regardless of what they are, are gonna work best. If we get them out and then we're lucky enough to get a rainfall in the next two to three to five days, or if we can, you know, run the water to flush or run overhead irrigation, um, you know, that's the best method or plan going forward to make sure that those herbicides get activated uh, and we get off to a good start. So thanks for listening today. Uh, I'd like to invite everybody to join us next week as Dr. Jason Norsworthy will be discussing expectations for impregnated loyant herbicide in rice, as well as any other key management issues that may pop up between now and then. So again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.